Welcome to Exchange Church, where we desire to connect and grow people in Jesus. Thanks for listening to our Bible message today, and feel free to share it around. Joy and privilege that we can gather together this morning and uh, to connect people to Jesus and to grow people in Jesus as well. Uh, it's uh, a wonderful thing to be able to see God's kingdom grow in our hearts and in our lives. And uh, a number of people are away this weekend, but a number of people are here for the first time as well. So super glad you're here uh, for that too. Uh, we'll be going through a sermon series uh, on Psalms over the past uh, weeks of January. Uh, this will be our last one. We're going to start a new series coming next week, which will be on the first book of Timothy, but there'll be more to talk about that next week. So last one today uh, for Psalms, and then next week we're going to be into first Timothy. To help set the scene today, uh, a man by the name of Martin Lloyd-Jones wrote a, a book called Spiritual Depression. Spiritual Depression is actually a Christian classic, this book, and it was based upon his pastoral experience working with a number of different people, uh, experiencing unhappiness through life, through despair and even depression. Uh, and if you want a book that really uh, does a thorough examination of the Bible in this area here of unhappiness in Christian life, uh, this is the book for you. You can still get this at Kurong. It's, uh, it's a great book. Uh, Martin Lloyd-Jones, his first chapter on this book is written from Psalm 42, uh, acknowledging the reality and, of despair and depression in our lives. Uh, he also writes through this book as well, uh, a path forward that leads to hope and joy once again in Christ. So we're going to step through today Psalm 42 and 43 uh, as we trace out this hope. And if you've got your Bibles, we've already had Psalm 42 read for us so well. Now we're going to read uh, Psalm 43. Psalm 43, starting at verse 1. Uh, Vindicate me, O God, and defend my cause against an ungodly people. From the deceitful and unjust man, deliver me. For you are the God in whom I take refuge. Why have you rejected me? Why do I go about mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? Send out your light and your truth. Let them lead me. Let them bring me to your holy hill and to your dwelling. Then I will go to the altar of God, to God my exceeding joy, and I will praise you with a lyre, O God, my God. Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God. For I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. Father, we thank you this morning that we're able to come together and, Lord, come to this really important part of our gathering. Will we worship you by opening up your word? We ask Holy Spirit, help us today as we think about Psalms 42 and 43, about the despair and dejection that we all feel in life at times, sometimes for a small season, other times for a long season. Help us now to faithfully open up your word, Lord, to see the hope that you give to us in those seasons. Uh, Lord, we ask that we pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, Psalms 42 and 43 really, in many respects, should be taken together in the Bible like they are very much a natural fit. Now, remember also about the Bible that the chapters and the verses aren't inspired. So, the Bible is inspired, as in every word of God is, but the actual chapters and verses were put in about 
approximately 1500 just to help us to find our way through the Bible. So 42 and 43, a lot of the scholars think, really flow naturally together as one psalm. Okay, anyway, these psalms are extremely important for us, particularly 42 and 43 and a number of other psalms through uh, the book of Psalms as well. It's about a subject today not much spoken about within Christian circles, despair and depression. Uh, There's a thought out there in some circles that Christians following Jesus should somehow be above feeling despair or feeling depression, like that shouldn't be something that Christians go through. It goes along the lines like this, that the Holy Spirit will, will just lift you out of any thoughts of despair and depression, which sort of lines up with what we call gospel, uh, prosperity gospel teaching or word of faith teaching. you just got to re- reject it, talk it away in the name of Jesus, and that you will, should never feel despair or rejection or depression at all. Just, cl- just claim your joy and be positive. Well, I think Psalms 42 and 43 tell us a very different story when we read through that. The sons of Korah here have penned this psalm, 42, and I think probably 43 as well, as one psalm. And they're in a season here of despair, and they've written this song, and this song is like journaling their way through this time. They're just writing down their thoughts as they go through these challenges here, particularly in Psalm 42, 43. So here's where we want to go today as we think about this, these two psalms together. Uh, it's okay. It's really okay to experience despair and to feel downcast about life as a follower of Jesus. But never letting go that our ultimate hope is in God, who is the rock of my life. It's okay to experience despair and feel downcast about life as a follower of Jesus, but never letting go that our ultimate hope is God who is the rock of my life. And I'll just change microphones. Testing. There you go. Now my hands are free. I can fly. I just can't clip it in. That's it. Good now. That's all going to look great on YouTube, isn't it? All this sort of stuff. (laughs) Sorry. Okay. Let's get back to where we were. Psalm 42, 43. Uh, You can't help but notice here a deep sense of despair as you read through these psalms. Three times in these two psalms here, they write this. Psalm 42, verse 5. It's like a... It's like a uh, talk, 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 and then there's a refrain. Talk, 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 then there's a refrain. And here's what the refrain is. Why are you cast down, O my soul, and why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him. Now, you might see verse 5 ends there, but actually the next part of verse 6 says, my salvation and my God. It's repeated again in verse 11, and it's repeated again at the end of uh, Psalm 43 in verse 5 as well. Let me assure you, let me assure you that despair or depression or a season of sadness, and even can be a prolonged season of sadness, is a valid feeling or emotion to experience in this fallen and broken world. It's a valid feeling and emotion to experience in this fallen and broken world. Now, let me also say this up front. 
I'm no expert on mental health. So don't even think for the slightest, you're talking from some sort of position of authority. Not in the slightest am I saying that. So I've done some reading and I've done lots of talking to people with stuff like that. Myself, fortunately by God's grace, I don't suffer from mental health issues. I'm very much a flatlining person. That has its own challenges as well. Every now and again, I occasionally dip below the line. And fortunately for you, you don't have to bear with that. My wife has to bear with that and my kids have to bear with that. I dipped below the line this week for a period of time. So praise God you don't have to put up with that. But I respectfully also say this. Uh, what, what I might say today may trigger some people and the challenge that you deal with. So I respectfully want to say that. We still want to talk about the subject, but we'll just make sure we'll do this as best we can in line with God's word. Uh, also, I can assure you here at EC, we, we are here to help in whatever ways we possibly can. Obviously not so much in a professional way, but where we can help maybe direct you to find some really, really good help as we think about this as well. But ultimately also to point you to the hope that we spoke about, we sung about before, Christ, the hope of all hearts. Anyway, the psalmist here talks to himself and asks, why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? He's seeing something about himself. He's understanding the situation he's in. He's actually recognising here that he feels crushed, that he feels like he's sinking into a dark place. The word cast down is like sinking down. Uh, Sinking down into a dark place. He feels numb here, as it were, with fear and anxiety. He feels paralysed, perhaps unable to function as he normally would do. He's feeling in turmoil. He's feeling cast down. Now, I've done a little bit of reading on this and spoken to a number of people who've suffered with despair, depression, sometimes in counselling, and just friends of mine that I know who are in this space. And they talk about this sense here of utter hopelessness in that season, in that season of being downcast. Uh, One really good friend of mine tells me that every now and again it gets so bad in this point of despair, and he suffers with depression as well, on his lowest and his darkest days, he can't even get out of bed. Spends the whole day in bed or in the bedroom and can't face the day. That's how low and how dark it can get, and maybe not for a day, that could last a week maybe sometimes. Everything is dark, and everything feels like all hope is gone. Whether you're a Christian or not, despair and depression is a valid feeling and emotion that we will go through in this world. Uh, Charles Spurgeon, a great uh, minister and preacher from the 1800s, had a church of thousands, suffered with despair, which was called melancholy back in that day. Long seasons of despair. Whether you're a Christian or not, it's a valid feeling to experience that through life. Now, what is despair and depression? Well, it's a part of the consequences of mankind's rebellion before the Lord, our Creator. It's the unfortunate fallout of a broken world that we live in. Because we've rebelled against God, brokenness has entered into this world and unfortunately for some people, they feel that brokenness through mental health issues, despair, depression of that nature. Sometimes, I'm told, mental health issues are genetic. 
It can be passed on from generation to generation. There can be a family line where there can be a suspect element to that. That's really unfortunate when it's like that. Generation after generation can actually go through those seasons. And sometimes mental health issues come completely randomly. There may be no sign in the family history of any mental health issues or struggles or despair or depression, and yet someone randomly can be struck down with that. Now, that's really unfortunate, but that's just how it goes sometimes. There is no rhyme or reason every single time when it comes to mental health and the way it uh, falls upon various people. It's also really important to remember this as well, that if you suffer from mental health issues, you are not subhuman. You are not a second-class person. You're not in the other group. You're not any less made in the image of God because you may suffer with mental health issues or are dealing with those challenges. You just happen to suffer from mental health issues, which is really unfortunate. But that's what it is. You're no less a person, any way, shape or form. And what we can see here from this psalm, he feels struck down with hopelessness, utter hopelessness. And possibly some of this despair that he feels here, I think, is also situational as well. If you read perhaps the context or the background of this psalm here, it looks like he's been exiled away from the temple, away from his normal business, away from his normal duties. And he's in some sort of foreign land and they are taunting him about his God. Where is your God? As he's now exiled in this land. And he tells us there in verse 3, as an indication of how deep his sadness is, He's weeping with sadness. He says, tears have been my food day and night. Now, I know when I talk to some people who are going through these seasons, they just cry all the time. They don't know why they're crying, but they're crying. Here's a psalmist telling us the same thing. Tears have been my food day and night as he's in this dark season and this dark tunnel. So it's valid. It's really valid here to understand that this can take place in some people's lives. Now, although the psalmist here feels abandoned and feels hopeless, is wondering, where are you, God, amongst all of this season of darkness and despair? God graciously keeps and holds him through this season. The psalmist is able to know just where to point himself, at least in the very slightest of what he can do in this situation. Where do I direct myself or orientate myself in this season of darkness or despair? He's able to do that. He looks for hope. And he looks for the ultimate source of hope here to carry him through, which ultimately is God the only true source of hope that can actually carry us through. In uh, verses 1 and 2, we see there he's, he's longing for God. He's thirsting for God. So he's got in that direction, he's looking for that. And then again, as I said, those three times, 42.5, 42.11 and 43.5, those three repeated phrases there, he's telling himself, hope in God. He's at least got himself, by God's grace, pointed in the right direction looking for that hope there. Now, 
as I've spoken to people going through these seasons and going through these challenges, and sometimes long seasons and long challenges, there's a number of different remedies that perhaps can help kickstart or become circuit breakers in these times of challenge. People will say things like this, care for yourself, take time out for yourself, take a day away or go on a vacation, go on a hike and look for a waterfall or something like that. Now, I think they are wonderful suggestions. I really do. I think God's made us as sort of body, mind and spirit. And I think those sort, of, those sort of things become really like a circuit breaker in our life, perhaps in a seven-day pattern or a month-long pattern or a month-long pattern. I think they're wonderful situations to get us out of that crushed headspace and, as it were, gives us a chance to breathe and to just refocus other than in this blackness and darkness at that time, to go and do something like that. And I think some of the best medicine that the Lord has given us is to go somewhere in these times and, as it were, to soak in his creation. To get another perspective, to get another view. Psalm 19 tells us this, that the heavens declare the glory of God and the skies proclaim his handiwork. There's something about creation that makes God look big and us look small but that does something for us as well when we see that and we do that. God uses his creation to refresh our souls. Now, God does nothing by accident. When he makes this spectacular creation that actually blows us away and makes us feel small and make him look big, when we take that time out to wonder at what we're seeing, he's using this to do something. And this is the point that God's doing here. He's leading us back to him as we marvel at creation. He's trying to get our thoughts and our focus and our mind somewhat distracted away from the current circumstances we're in and to look bigger and to lead us back to God, the ultimate source of our hope through these seasons of despair and depression. God is the rock of our hope in these times. The psalmist tells this in verse 9. He says, I say to God, my rock, the rock that doesn't move in those seasons of despair and depression, the rock that is always there. He's sort of saying this, you're my rock, God. I can only faintly see that at the moment due to my season that I'm in. I can barely see it, but I can just see it. And perhaps I can't feel it at all, but I know it and I'm trying hard to believe it. That you are my rock in this season. That you are my hope in this season. God is our strong hope in these darkest seasons of our life. Very often he's the only hope in these darkest seasons of our life. Jesus actually highlights this for us in Luke 8. I'm not sure if you're familiar with the story in Luke 8. Uh, there's a demon-possessed man who's on the other side of the Sea of Galilee, uh, of, uh, over the Gerasenes there. Jesus makes this point where he's doing all this ministry on this side of the lake. I'm going to go across the other side of the lake. And he gets in the boat and he goes all the way to the other side of the lake and he ministers to one man, a demon-possessed man. No one can help this guy who's suffering under the chains of Satan and no doubt living in despair and utter hopelessness, controlled by demons. Jesus goes from one side of the other to set him free and give him hope. 
Jesus is the only true source of hope that we can depend on these darker seasons. Jesus ministered to this man, gets back in the boat and goes back over the other side again. That is a classic story of the, of the hope that Christ gives, doing that for one person. God's created us. He knows our frame. He knows our weaknesses. And he knows our despair and our depression as well. When all else fails or, run out, or runs out, God is our hope that will never let us down. He's that rock. And Paul tells us this in Romans 15 along these same ends. As he's ending up this book, he says this in Romans 15, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in what? Hope. He's the God who brings hope, even in the darkest seasons. Praise God for his grace here, that at the very least keeps the psalmist here pointed in the right direction to cry out for hope from the true source of hope, the lasting source of hope, Christ Jesus. Let me say also another word here about depression and despair and medicine as well. Because there's no, sometimes there's a number of different thoughts here when it comes to this too. Some people say you shouldn't take medicine if you're in depression or in despair. Some people say you should pray that away. Well, let me say this. We need to thank God for his common grace by the way of medication to help alleviate some of depression's debilitating effects upon us. We praise God for those things, that God's given his common grace to develop medicines that can help us. Praise God for trained doctors and psychologists and psychiatrists who can prescribe medications for us to help our minds function again in those dark spaces. We praise God for those things. Now, people tell me, as I've spoken a number about this, they don't necessarily like the side effects of those medications. might make them drowsy or groggy or a bit spaced out or some things like that. But they super appreciate, though, the ability to level off emotionally, as it were, and to just think a bit more clearly. They may not like the side effects, but they are thankful that their mind is in a better space. So I fully recommend that if you're in a long-term season of despair or feeling downcast, see your GP. See your GP and talk it through with them. They may help by referring you to a psychiatrist or a psychologist for more professional help. Let's, let's make use of God's common grace, the way he's gifted people, to help us in these ways. Don't discount um, medicines or medications to help you through those seasons. Uh, and if you like, I've got some um, connections in Melbourne who are Christians who work in the psychology, psychiatric area and GPs who can actually help in that way from a, uh, a Christian perspective as well. Feel free to come and see me or contact me and I can help you with that. So the psalmist, though, wants to feed our hope here, even in this psalm, and it's critically important that we do that. God gives us grace to grow hope in our hearts, even in our darkest moments. Let's think about this. What is this psalm? It's a cry from the heart, isn't it? It's a song of prayer. It's a cry from the heart here of the sons of Korah. The psalmist is actually crying out to God in prayer. What does prayer do? It's simple. It's easy. Prayer grows our hope in God. 
It can be simply in your darkest season, something like this. Help me, God. I feel crushed in despair. God's not looking for some sort of you know, Bible college theological sort of you know, assignment prayer. God's really happy with just a few words like that. Or it could be simply, help me, God. God delights in those prayers. He sees the heart. He knows the situation it's coming from. You may be in such a bad way, in a deep, dark season, that the despair and the darkness that you're in has got you trapped in silence, maybe. And you can't even feel or get an ability to get those words out. You can do it in your mind. It doesn't necessarily have to be audible words. You can just say those words in your mind. The Lord hears those words. Or you may be able to have a message on your phone that you can send to a trusted friend. Please pray for me. And that trusted friend may already know your situation well. You don't need to explain yourself. Please pray for me. Let me assure you that prayer works. Prayer works. Watch, wait and see as you cry out in that desperation for God's grace to get you through that day. We're not not sure how that may look, but we know that God's grace will get you through that dark season at that particular time. Prayer feeds our hope. What a wonderful thing it is. We can simply just, God, help me. That works. The psalmist also reminds himself here of God's love in this very, very dark season. Have a look at verse By day, the Lord commands his steadfast love, and at night his song is with me, a prayer to the God of my life. Now, I'm not entirely sure, but maybe one of the things that hurt us most in this season is the doubting of God's love for us when we are suffering and struggling in this point in time. I'm not sure God loves me. I don't feel God's love at this particular time. And we could ask ourselves at this moment, does God really love me that he's allowing me to go through this season? And don't be at all surprised if Satan doesn't chip in at the very same time and start throwing his fiery darts, throwing his evil thoughts into your mind at the same time. You're not worth it. That's why you're in this season. You're unworthy. God doesn't love you. He will throw that in there as well. Don't be surprised when that comes. It is so, so critical in these times to do all we can to think about God's love for us in these crushing seasons. Think about how much God loves me. To think about that um, God so loved me that he sent his son Jesus to die for me. Think on Calvary there, the suffering Christ showing his love for me at this time. And not that I first loved God, but God first loved me and sent his son to die for me. Try and get your mind to think on those things as best you can. We'll come back to, to Romans chapter 8 and think about this verse. He says this in Romans chapter 8, Paul talking to the Romans. For I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels nor rulers, nor things, nor, uh, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from what? The love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. So what is Paul saying there? He could be saying this. Despair, depression, dark days, crushing seasons will not separate me from God's love. I may not feel it, 
And that's okay if you don't feel it in that moment and I'm confused and my mental state is crushing me and it's all a mystery to me and I can't seem to find a way out at the moment. But God loves me. Nothing will separate me from his love, not even the season that I'm in. And don't even think about the us at this stage when you're thinking about perhaps some of those passages of the Bible. Think about how God loves me. Personalise it. God loves me. He's chosen me. He sent his son to die for me to help grow his love within us. And as we saw last week from Psalm 73, remember that by faith, God holds my hand through this season. He so loves me that by faith, he's holding my hand and he's guiding me through this dark, dark valley that I'm experiencing at the moment. Think much on God's love in these dark seasons and see that hope just begin to grow in your heart as you think about that. The psalmist also calls for something else here to grow strong hope. He calls for God's light and God's truth to lead him back to the Lord. Uh, Psalm 43, verses 3 and 4, he says this, talking to God, send out your light and your truth. Let them lead me, let them bring me to your holy hill and to your dwelling. Let them bring me back to your presence. Then I will go to the altar of my God, to God my exceeding joy, and I will praise you with a lyre, O God, my God. When life's a fog and the lies are swirling around inside of my head, we can sink very, very low. It's dark and the frailty of my mind can fall victim for these wild thoughts that are going through me at this particular time. We need light And we need truth to get our thinking straight in these dark, dark seasons. Truth, well, that's obviously the word of God. God's word revealed to us in the Bible. And I believe light there is the presence of God, the Holy Spirit, bringing that truth to reassure us and comfort us in those times. We have to take hold of all the Spirit's power and to get ourselves into the truth of God's word in whatever way we can and to get our thinking right in these really challenging, despairing seasons. Now, sometimes when it's so dark and so difficult, I imagine you can't read. That's really okay. That's really, really okay. There's plenty of apps now you can stick on your phone and you can put an audio Bible on and just press play. I'd recommend maybe go to the Gospels and just begin to listen to some of the Gospels again, the life of Jesus being poured out through those. Or maybe you might be able to reflect on some of the Psalms as well and just ask the Holy Spirit to give you light as you let that truth begin to soak in your mind and begin to change the way you think. Uh, Even some solid Gospel music that's saturated in Scripture will be very, very helpful in these dark times. Actually, City of Light um, have written a song about Psalm 42. That's a great song. You can download that on Spotify or Apple Tunes. City of Light sings Psalm 42. It's a great song, specifically about this situation. It's a wonderful way to get our minds thinking right here. Music, the way God's created us to sort of react to music, but also with great scriptural truth at the same time. 
Now, sometimes when it's like this as well, you might be able to read a little bit, but you can't read big chunks of the Bible. It's just too hard, too difficult. You're barely able to function enough just to just read a little bit. That's okay. In that season of intensity, that's really okay. But here's what I would suggest that you do when it's like that. Have some really strong, glorious promises from God's word clear to your mind so they can help clear your mind and build hope in Christ. Maybe you might put a list of these in the front flap of your Bible. Here's one that I would suggest that would be really, really helpful. It's just one verse. Isaiah 41.10 says this. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Grab a promise like that and read over it really slowly. Don't speed read. There's no competition to see how quick you can read the verse. Go really slowly and just take each phrase one by one. Stop and think about the phrase. Fear not. Why am I able to overcome fear? How can I fear not? For I am with you. Be not dismayed. Well, that's easy to say. But how can I overcome dismay? For I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you. There's a lot of eyes in that verse. Those eyes are God saying, this is what I will do for you. I'm the rock who doesn't shift. I'm the one who's always there. Take that promise, go over it really slowly and allow the Holy Spirit to unpack that truth out of them into our own minds in that season. And then watch and see the light begin to grow hope and grace to get you through another day maybe. Or it could go longer. Here's another one. Philippians 4.19 says this, And my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. Well, what's our need at the moment in this season of darkness, in this season of despair? I need hope. I need hope, Lord. Is there hope in this promise? Philippians 4.19? Absolutely. Supply every need of yours. Not some needs, not needs on Sundays but no other day. Every need of yours right now. How? According to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. Are his riches sort of a finite bank account sort of number? Is that the riches of glory? Infinite. You can draw upon and you can draw upon and you can draw upon those riches of hope. It'll never run out. And my God will supply those needs, Philippians says. Paul says to the Philippians. He will supply those needs. We take our time over these promises. We stop and we think about them. We pull apart every word and we personalise it. I could give you another 10 or 12, but you can find your own list and you just put them in a piece of paper at the front of your Bible in that time of difficulty. 
You open up and you just begin to read one or two and just stop and park yourself on there. God's truth combined with the Holy Spirit's light will lead us into growing hope at this time. Okay, I want us to close now with a, with a true story here of a man who struggled with depression uh, and despair for the best part of his life. Uh, he went through seasons of intense depression uh, and then seasons of relief as well. This man's name is William Cooper. We've got a picture of him up here. You might say Cowper, but his name is actually pronounced Cooper. Uh, lived from 1731 to 1800, and uh, he was a very close friend of John Newton's who wrote that hymn, Amazing Grace. Uh, William Cooper, as I said, suffered despair and depression and even attempted suicide on more than one occasion because of this intense despair and depression. Back then he spent a long period of time in an insane asylum. That was the only way they could deal with those people back then. Praise God we don't have to do that today as such. But God was with him and helped him to overcome despair and depression on many a season. Uh, William Cooper penned this hymn in reflecting upon God's mysterious yet gracious ways in life. And here's what he says in this hymn. We'll bring it up here for you as well. God moves in mysterious ways his wonders to perform. He plants his footsteps in the sea and rides on the storm. You fearful saints, fresh courage take. The clouds you so much dread are big with mercy and shall break in blessings on your head. Judge not the Lord by feeble sense, but trust him for his grace. Behind a frowning providence, faith sees a smiling face. Blind unbelief is sure to err and scan his work in vain. God is his own interpreter and he will make it plain. God teaches us much through these seasons and one of the biggest things he teaches us is the glorious hope that he is. God will carry us through all the challenges we face in life, no matter what they are, even through despair and dejection. God walks us through these valleys, giving us a strong hope to safely lead us home. Let's pray. Father, we thank you today that we can come and open up Psalm 42 and 43. Lord, again, we are so glad and thankful for the power of your word, the truth of your word, the way your word speaks into our hearts and our lives. Lord, I thank you that myself personally don't have to deal with mental health issues, but I have many good friends, brothers and sisters in Christ, Lord, who do have these struggles. God, I pray first and foremost, would you help us to be a family? A family who love each other, a family who seek to do all we can to walk alongside each other through those seasons, through those valleys. Help us, Lord, to do all we can to sometimes just sit with our brother or our sister in Christ and just to be there. Help us, Lord, to be willing to pray for our brothers and sisters who are going through those times of despair and dejection. God, I pray, please, would you, out of your inexhaustible riches of mercy and grace, 
when our brothers and sisters are experiencing those dark days, would you, Lord, be that strong hope? Would you bring that truth and that light into their hearts and minds? Would you allow your love, Lord, to so flow over them that it would override the darkness? Lord, would you let your presence be felt in such a way that they know that they know that they know they're not alone, Lord, in those dark times? And Lord, I pray that through all of that, you would grant them hope. Grant them hope, Lord, when they feel hopeless. And God, we know we can pray this prayer today in complete confidence. Why? Because you are the God of all hope. And you are inexhaustible when it comes to that hope. Father, we ask that we pray that now in Jesus' precious and holy name. Amen. We hope you found today's talk challenging and fruitful. Don't hesitate to get in touch by visiting our website or sending us an email. But we'd love for you to join us in person as well.